Thank you so much to our sponsors, McMahon Law Firm, The Insiders, helping you get every dollar you deserve, 265-1100. And RC2 Realty Solutions, real estate investments. Robin Ring's got a brand new thing. Call 531-1722. Only in Jeff Styles, America. Hey folks, welcome back to Storyville, old El Jefe's Storyville. Glad to have you here listening to this podcast at fredpodcast.com. And my name is Jeff Stiles with a Y. And I have no idea what the statute of limitations would be on this kind of activity. Suffice it to say, I'm a little bit worried. Um, Here this week, the actual date does not make any difference. Here this week, a man in the great state of Tennessee has gotten in trouble. Um, A woman in her 20s has filed a lawsuit against him because as a young adolescent girl at a sleepover at this gentleman's daughter's home, apparently at some point he came around the corner in his underwear and was in full vision of the sleepover party of young girls, giggling girls, and she was traumatized. Now, she was traumatized at that moment, I'm sure as they all were, And I'm sure there were squeals of disgust and oh no, and oh gross, dad get out. And there was much laughter, but this young lady has had a few years to think about it and a few years for her life to go south in one way, shape, form, or another. And she is probably, possibly, maybe through the fine art and science of therapy has gone back in time and figured out that the root of all of her financial problems, her psychosexual hangups, whatever's going on, was seeing dude in his boxer shorts with his hairy belly hanging out over the elastic waistband. I don't know. Maybe there was some even perceptible junk that was hanging out there in the um, leggy area, you know, between the thigh and the and the fabric down below. I have no idea. But seriously. How much time would have to go by before you thought, you know, I, I'm really, I'm really affected by the, the sight of this guy in his undress, and it's, it's, it's really, it's gotten to the point where I can't focus on my schoolwork or my, my job. I can't really hold down a, uh, in, in any place of employment. I can't keep a boyfriend because I saw this guy in his underwear. I don't know the details. I'm not trying to be, but he didn't molest her. He didn't. He didn't approach her he didn't even stick around and and make fun of her seeing him in his underwear it just happened and this is the kind of thing that used to happen in my house all the time they're in my house i raised six kids six kids over the course of the span of really when you think about it about 20 some odd years and I could even stretch that out a little bit because my girls, my, I don't say step very often, were, were four and five when I came into their lives. And they were, I guess, 14 and 15 by the time we had my sons. There were three years between them. And then they were already in their, you know, they were six, seven, eight or nine before I met the woman who 
is now my wife, and she had two sons. So I have the two stepdaughters, two stepsons bracketed, and the two biological sons in the middle. And then I actually have a stepson. Excuse me, my, my, my step-grandson is the same age as my youngest stepson. Does this make any sense? I've, I'm broke out with kids. That's all I'm trying to say here. And during this time frame, they're in my house, my house. I bought the house. I'm making payments on the house. I'm the one that buys insurance for the house. I'm the one that pays the property taxes on the house. It's my house. I can walk around in my underwear if I want to. It's a liability for them. They get used to it. I'm like Al Bundy. I'm like the guy. What's the name of the What's the name of the show this, that that has been so popular here? The, not Malcolm in the Middle. It's like Malcolm in the Middle. The one about the 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 kids that grow up in the '80s. Come on, come on, come on. The kids that grow up in the '80s. Jesus Christ, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You should know this by now. Fuck. Popular TV show right now. We're not going to air this. No, now, now, it's on now. The fucking wildly popular. And it, no, no, fuck. God damn Goldbergs. Fuck. <laughs> the Goldbergs, the Goldbergs. Married with children, whatever. The Goldbergs. The dude comes home after a hard day's work and whatever linoleum factory he's working in. I don't know. What's he do? Furniture store. What's he do? Strips down to his underwear. This is the American dad. That's what he does. Now, I went through a long period of my life. I didn't wear a lot of underwear. I, I was raised in high school, college. I was commando most of my life. As a young man, my kids were used to seeing me pretty much naked walking around the house from bedroom to bathroom. It was nothing. It's the human body. I'm their dad. We go camping. We go skinny dipping. If friends are invited over, they're going to have to just get used to the rules of the house up to a certain point, you know, and you got to be careful, obviously, when you're dealing with co-ed situations. I'm not saying it was just crazy time. I'm not saying we were a nudist colony. I'm just saying that's the liability of going to somebody else's house. you got to live with their rules, right? So I'm, I, this is all about, today's story is all about humiliating your kids. And it is our contractual obligation as parents to humiliate and embarrass our children. This is our job. This is the pecking order that we were born into. And, 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 and I'm just starting here. I'm going to get to the better part in just one second. But there was one time in particular. There were three or four young men in our neighborhood who, strangely enough, actually were raised in single-parent households by their dads. They didn't have moms. And they referred to my, my wife at the time and the mother of my biological sons as mom. She was mom. And there were, there, were, there, were, there were four in particular, three that were always. I would come home to a home, and there, in my living room would be three kids, none of which were mine. And they'd be watching TV. I'd be, where's Eli? Where's Lucas? Oh, they're over at so-and-so's house. But they're in my home, drinking the Kool-Aid, watching the TV. The doors are open. What the hell? I just got used to it, all right? They should be used to me. There was one day in particular... It was just about time for school to get out. I work early in the morning being a radio guy. So I'm there. 
I stripped down. I'm getting ready to t- I'm changing clothes. I'm going to go on a kayaking trip with some buddies to the Whitewater River. I'm standing there in my kitchen, my kitchen. My house is set way up off the road in the woods in a suburban area, but we're in a very wooded neighborhood. We're way up off the road up on this little ridge, steep driveway. Nobody's coming into my area by mistake. If they're there, they mean to be there, completely surrounded by foliage. Nobody can look into my home. I'm in my kitchen. There's a back door from the backyard onto the back deck. I'm drinking a cool glass of ice water, getting ready to go on this little kayaking trip. And all of a sudden, I hear the thundering hooves of four big teenage hosses, these boys, roaring across the deck. And I look up at the rear door, and here comes Blake and James and Patrick, the three friends that I've just referred to. They're roaring into the house without any of my sons to come in and jump in and watch some show in my living room. And a hand is reaching for the doorknob, and I'm standing there butt naked with my glass of ice water looking at them. And a look of horror comes up on their face, and they stop and boom, 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 like the Keystone Cops just run into each other. I mean, the, 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 the backs of heads are running into the fronts of lips and noses. Boom, boom, boom. Ah, and they just recoil away in disgust and horror. Ah, ah, my eyes. Oh, my God. I'll be blind forever. They make a big deal out of it. And they took off running. And we all laughed. We all laughed. So they saw me in my, my birthday suit. It was funny. Or was it? Can I look for a lawsuit to come my way sometime soon because one of them gets a divorce and ends up losing everything. And it all goes back to that day, that day I saw Jeff naked. I have to live with that reality now. That could be a possibility. They all turned out to be pretty good kids, but who knows what happens to you as you become middle-aged and end up getting dragged through court. You know, people start grasping at straws. So just to give you some ideas for you young parents out there, new parents out there, these are the kind of things you have to start thinking about. Protect yourself in the clinches, but also because it is our contractual obligation to embarrass our children. A couple of ideas for you. Um, I'll just take my youngest stepson. I won't use his real name, Caleb Turner, um, to protect his own innocence. (laughs) Caleb's a perfectly good example. I'll just bring up two. Um, Caleb is probably 12 years old, 12 years old. Perfect time for embarrassing somebody. Probably seventh grade, right? When can you be more embarrassed than the seventh grade? He's in the back seat. This is the, this is the son, youngest son of my current beautiful, lovely, wonderful, talented, sexy wife, Rebecca. And we're going down through downtown Chattanooga. We're going to a little free concert they do every Friday night downtown Chattanooga. Huge crowd down there every Friday night. We know virtually everybody. 2,000 people down there every Friday night. We know all of them. And we're driving slowly through the crowd looking for a place to park. We know everybody. Everybody knows us. The windows are down. And here's Caleb sitting in the back seat. He's got a little, some sort of video game in his hand, some handheld thing. What you used to call those in Game Boys, Game Boys. And he's just too cool to move. He's not paying any attention to us. And I see one of Caleb's friends standing there on the corner. And he's got a couple of other guys with him. I have to assume I know this guy. That means all of those guys probably know Caleb. I say, hey, Caleb, are those your friends over there? And he looks up and he goes, shh, shh. 
and he starts getting down in the seat. What could be more uncool than being seen with your parents, right? Especially if your parents are kind of hip, cool people. That's even worse. Parents should be distant and removed and remote like Mount Rushmore. They're not supposed to be cool mingling with other people, right? Digging the music and, and acting like they're young and hip. That's the worst. So he starts sinking down in his seat and hoping he doesn't get seen. What do I do? I crank up the Coolio. What does any good dad do in that situation? He throws his son under the bus. I crank up the Coolio as loud as I can, which is what I was listening to anyway. And I start leaning out the window and I start doing the wave with my left arm. I'm driving with my right hand. I'm going up and down like this. Slide, slide, slippity slide. Hey, everybody. Caleb Turner is in here with me. Yeah, I got Caleb in the back. Caleb, hey, y'all. What's up? Yeah, Caleb's in here, y'all. Slide, slide, slippity slide. Oh, my God. He melted. He melted into a puddle. It took several straws. We had to siphon him out into an old pop bottle and reconstitute him later. <laughs> a two-liter Coke bottle. <laughs> I, did, I was raised in Ohio. Remember. Oh, my God. It destroyed him. Um, so... It didn't work quite as well, even though I thought this was a stroke of brilliance. I thought this was really a beautiful moment in my fatherhood. Um, a year later, now eighth grade, still ripe embarrassment, embarrassment, humiliation time, right? Eighth grade, still junior high, middle school. And we're camping. We're camping, and he's got his cool cousin. His cousin's a year older than him. And we're camping in a very remote area next to this beautiful waterfall. And we get up in the morning, and we got a little coffee going over here, and a fire's going here. He's still got the same Game Boy in his hand, and his cool cousin sitting there that he just thinks the world of. We don't really know this guy all that well. He's a cousin on the other side of the family. And <laughs> I have no idea where it even came from, but we had this thing in our camping gear. It must have come from Pier 1 or someplace like that. I don't know how we came about it, but it was just this piece of bamboo that was closed on both ends, and it had slots cut into it, like a marimba or verimba or some sort of African instrument. It actually had a mallet, and it was made to be hit and beat upon, and you're supposed to make some sort of simple rhythms out of it. And it was laying in there with like a harmonica and a couple other things. It was in, in our camping gear. I honestly have no idea where it came from, but I grabbed it early in the morning. Coffee's being made, and they're sitting there, and they're still kind of zoned out by the fire, and I walk out. And I won't use his cousin's real name. It was Devin. And, uh, and I said, Devin, since you're with us, you're going to have to be part of our family morning ritual. So go ahead and just pull up to the fire. And, I look, and Caleb has now become accustomed to these things. He cuts his eyes over at him and just looks back at the fire, looks back at his Game Boy. And I said, rise, Kevin, rise, please. And I started playing the little instrument thing. And I'm just beating out this random rhythm. And I said, oh, great father. We greet this morning with a breath of fire. We thank you for the sunrise. We thank you for the moisture in the air. We thank you for the white clouds above our heads. We thank you for the rays of sun beating down. And the dude's eyes are getting really big. And I'm beating this thing. And Rebecca, being the good sport that she is, she starts swaying to the rhythm. She starts swaying to the rhythm and starts dancing around the fire. And poor Devin is standing there like I told him to do. He's being an attentive young man. 
He has no idea what to do. Caleb's sitting there. He's got one foot kind of pushing some of the logs around in the fire. He's still looking at the game boy. He goes, just ignore him, man. You ain't got to do that. Pay no attention to him. This is just the kind of thing they do. So you get a narrow window. A narrow... I thought that was brilliant. I really did. And it certainly freaked out Devin. But Caleb, it was already too late. So this is the whole thing. This whole podcast has just been to tell you guys it's a cautionary tale. It's important to embarrass and humiliate your kids. And it's something you have to do or your kids will be taken from you. Health and Human Services will come and take your kids, not for being naked in your own home, but for not embarrassing them enough. This is just one of those, when you have kids, you get a set of rules. They give them to you at the hospital. You have to embarrass them at some point during their adolescence to horrific levels. It's been done since time immemorial, and you only get a narrow window. So keep that in mind. And thank you for listening to Storybook. Fred Podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of our sponsors, Kelly Subaru, Safe, Frugal, and Green, Riverfront at MLK and at kellysubaru.com, Dr. Brett Moldenhauer, Institute for Acupuncture and Wellness, and Norspring Cryotherapy, norspring.com.